Today, Jim conducted a powerful coaching call, and with permission, he recorded it for us. This recording contains everything from specific strategies for Amazon success to email marketing strategies, and even an emotionally inspirational success story. I just love it when families win together with a creative internet business. I'll let Jim tell you more about it. Hey, thank you, Sam. Great job as always, buddy. Man, I wish my voice was as cool as yours. But anyway, yeah, today we recorded a call with one of my coaching clients and a student of ours. He gave us permission at the beginning to record the call, like I always ask. And then at the end, if it's a really awesome call like this was, sometimes I'll ask permission to share it with others. And we've just basically made today's episode a coaching call. Someone came to me with some challenges and issues and some things they were facing with their Amazon and online business, and we talked through it. But the call took a really cool turn at about the 29-minute mark or so when we got into the true story of how this business has impacted his family. So we talk a little bit about self-publishing, a book at that point. A book comes into the story. It is just such a compelling and interesting story. I think you might really like it. So Most of today's episode is about things like selling more on Amazon, getting a sales spike for your product on Amazon, rolling out your own product on that platform, cause marketing is a topic we hit a little bit, you know, associating your product and your business with a cause to help you sell more and do great things with the profits you're earning. How to grow an email list is one of the topics we talk about today. I can't wait to bring you Raul. He is the guy that we recorded today and you're going to love this call. So just know that this is like two podcast episodes in one because the first half is all business up until, like I said, about the 29 minute mark or so. The call takes a turn and he shares some personal information with me that is probably the my favorite part of today's show because it it tells you all about how their family has been impacted in a big way by dad being able to provide for his family in a new and powerful way thanks to the power of the stuff that he's learning from our community. So you'll love this call. And those of you who are a little on the sensitive side, you might want to have some tissues ready because, man, I was starting to mist up a little bit. I don't know if it was the allergies or what, (laughs) but man, that was some good stuff towards the end of this call. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, I'll check back in with you after the episode. We'll talk a little bit more. All right, man. We've never met, have we? We actually did. Did we? Yeah, we met at Brett's. And you and I spoke at some time uh, for a little while outside. I was the gentleman. I don't remember. Her. Oh, yeah, yeah. I absolutely remember you now. Of course. Yeah, we had a great conversation. Okay, yeah. I didn't put the name together. That's right. And you turned me on to uh, Rabbi Lappin's uh, work. So I actually well, just, uh, what's it called, subscribed to his uh, podcast because it was so interesting, the stuff you were sharing with me. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I totally remember our conversation now. Thanks for reminding me of that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have put two and two together. <laughs> This is cool. Well, that's a lot of people, so I totally get it. <laughs> oh, no worries, man. All right, cool. Well, yeah, let's make uh, good use of the time, man. What are you up to? And we could just, you know, continue our conversation, maybe talk more about the business side of things if you want. But, you know, whatever's on your mind, let's do it. All righty. So I, I started to share with you at the event. Um, I have a business partner who's a well-known Spanish Christian singer, and they have an incredible explosive social marketing reach and that they have they've got that down pat everything they post basically goes viral so uh it's a duo a husband and a wife and uh before they started singing she had gotten her license as uh cosmetology i forgot anyway it had to do with beauty whatever the term is and she always wanted to do a line of beauty products 
And at one of their events, uh, my wife manages them. Now she manages them, but back then she didn't manage them yet. We were backstage talking and she found out that I uh, sell on Amazon. So she was real excited and uh, I consulted for them. And I wanted to offering them a partnership and say, hey, you guys do the social media. I'll do the products and we'll do a nice beauty line for you. No problem. Love it. So we agreed. And my only concern at the time, uh, which wasn't that big of a concern, well, two concerns. And one of them was I had done my research on them and most of their social media audience is international. They have a strong following in the U.S., but nowhere as near as it is internationally. And then the second thing was it's faith-based. The audience is faith-based. And I've always struggled with marketing to faith-based uh, when it comes to selling products. Not so much events, because that's what we do for a living. We, uh, My wife and I put on a lot of events and uh, she gets consulted. Anytime a large event comes to Southern California, uh, like if a Franklin Graham would come, they would call her to help organize the pastors and kind of fill the stadium and get the word out. So we don't have problems in that area. But when it comes to selling a product to it, we get a lot of resistance and we get a lot of negative talk back because they say we're using the pulpit to sell mm. products. And we're so careful not oh, of course. to do that. Of course, of course. Because we totally get it. And we're to so that was one of my concerns. And, and we talked about it. And so they said, let's test it. So the first time they posted something on their actual social media site, the post lasted like 15 minutes and then they had to take it off because... It got shredded, right? Oh my gosh. Was there a uh, price tag associated with the post and a link a link to purchase? There was. Yeah, okay. You know what? I, I don't remember. No, I don't think there was actual... Pr I don't even remember if there was a price or just the picture. And hey, I've released this new beauty line type of ad and right. stuff like that. I don't think we actually put the prices on there. But the implication was there's something that you guys can go buy now and everyone was very resistant to that. Exactly. And you know, I'm hesitant to say that that is a phenomenon of, although, you know, I, I grew up in the church. I know that there is, I call it a poverty mentality, but every institution has the poverty mentality wing, right? If you put it on a bell curve, that's one side of the bell curve is the poverty mentality of that institution. And you can see it clear as day in every institution. But if you've done things that intentionally attracted that side of the bell curve to your message for a long period of time, and then all of a sudden you flip a switch and you've got something for sale, it's, I would estimate that it was only maybe five or 10% of your audience that exploded. But it doesn't take very many people screaming and yelling and running in circles with their hair on fire, you know, to attract attention. Yeah. So I think the strategy, not to jump to the end of the story yet, because I want more details, but there needs to be a few steps in between, hey, we're all about free music and free ministry and free events. And, you know, maybe pay a little ticket price, but that's going to a good cause, you know, until your message suddenly shifts to, hey, we've got some cosmetics now. That is just like throwing gasoline on people who are these little flames out there waiting to complain about something yeah. and they will freak out. But you, there's a path we can build and get from where the audience is now to where they need to be to where they're interested in cosmetics. There's a few creative things we can do. So yeah, I'm excited about that. But fill me in more on the detail, then we'll do some creative brainstorming on how to kind of shift that audience over. Now, we're not going to get rid of any of your audience, but what we're going to do is identify that segment of your audience that is open to the idea, yeah. even supportive of it and interested without hurting the relationship you have with that 5 to 10% who, uh, for lack of a better phrase, I'm just going to call them the poverty mentality mindset. Because if you've got a good product to sell... 95% of the population is like, hey, I need that. I'm interested. Yeah, tell me about it. The rest will be like, oh, I'm not interested. That's okay. Move on with my life. 
but that five to 10% that, you know, in Christian circles, I'm very aware of exactly who you're talking about. It's like, Oh, you said money and God in this same, same paragraph. (laughs) That's evil. Like, no, it's not. But anyway, finish this story. And I just want to reassure you. Yeah. I've got some ideas, man. Okay, cool beans. So what we did is it immediately took it off. And of course, the singers were completely closed off to using their Facebook channel uh, or any of their current channels to do this anymore. So we decided to open a separate Facebook page specifically for beauty product, like a blog type where she would just talk about beauty in general and beauty care. And then in there, go ahead and just every once in a while, put their product or a reference to it. Um, and we did that. And it, it, the page grew pretty decently because almost anything they do grew pretty decently but even in that page when we when she does mention it we'll get a couple of sales nothing big and by a couple i mean like 10 maybe 10 units which is nowhere indicative of their audience or even the people on that page but it's just they're they're so afraid to to push the button now one of the thoughts i had and i flushed it out with them a bit and at first they were like yes and then they they never came back to me on it is uh hey let's do a um charity day let's just say that all profits are half a profits let's pick a charity i told them i I like operation smile because they usually after a donation come back to you and show you pictures of what they've done i said and let's make a a push for charity at partial donations see how that is uh, well received. And um, they were supposed to create a video for me to do that. And they, they actually haven't. So I haven't tested that idea uh, and see if I could get some traction. But it's just the problem is it's gotten cold because we met so much resistance that they, the, the singers basically kind of they don't want to give up on it, but they're just using their energies for everything else that's screaming at them instead of, you know, promoting these products or working on this just because the no, no, the lashback was so great and the work and it is nowhere near. Uh, and now here's one thing. When I pick the products, which is an Aragon oil, a face cream and an eye cream, uh, it's perfect for her because she her biggest compliments everywhere she goes is how beautiful and shiny her hair is. So it was the perfect product to pick for her. I personally would not pick those products to sell on Amazon because they're so competitive. So I feel bad. It's like, Jim, I'm not taking advantage of my biggest asset, which is her, because you keep talking about gatekeeper, right? Talk about a gatekeeper. This is massive. And I feel like I'm not taking advantage of this audience and I should focus more on it because the potential's there. But now I have to like turn them back on to to this effort and stuff. Uh, And that's that's one problem. The other problem is the shipping because it's – when we first launched, we had a lot of interest. When we did the beauty page, the separate page, we got a lot of interest. But – we couldn't ship to Mexico because I was fulfilling by Amazon. I couldn't ship to Mexico. I couldn't ship to Argentina. I couldn't ship to these countries. And then I got a solution. I set myself on eBay and did their program. But the shipping international is so expensive. Uh, so that wasn't feasible. I'll tell you one thing, though. At Brett's event, I, I met this gentleman. I think his name was Garrick, you know, doing the networking thing, talking to people. What do you do right. type of thing? And uh, he works for a company. And I don't remember what it's called, but basically they have have um they're in everywhere right they're on jet they're on walmart they're on all the amazons and stuff and they take clients under their accounts and they sell for them and they do fbm and fba and according to him his shipping is like seven bucks to argentina or something like that which i think would solve my beauty problem my international problem but i'm not sure i'm still talking to him and seeing if this is a viable solution to me shipping internationally because that's their massive audience understood well my suggestion would be well where is their biggest audience if you put it on a pie chart, Mexico and Argentina. Mexico and Argentina. So maybe you start there. 
rather than trying to be international from day one and figure out, and, and that's a topic for another day. There are resources, like you mentioned, there's companies that if you ship them, it's all about volume. If we're talking shipping one at a time from the U.S. to Mexico, yes, ridiculously expensive. If, however, we've got some momentum and you can ship a thousand to Mexico and then someone else does the distribution, obviously your prices drop dramatically. So, you know, there's many creative solutions there. That's not a hard one to resolve. There's many options there, but that's a bridge we cross later. The bridge we have to cross right now, which is slightly more difficult, but there's some creative assets here that we have to work with. If you're coming to me brand new and saying, hey, I have an idea. I want to sell a bunch of beauty products on Amazon. I don't know what I'm going to call them yet. I don't have a mailing list. I don't have an audience. I've never done anything social media. I don't know much about marketing. Can you help me? My answer would be, you got about two years of work to do. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But here's the good news, man. You've got all that stuff in place. You've got a lot of these assets already in place. Let me ask you, do they have an email list? You know, I've talked to them about it. Believe it or not, they really have not focused on capturing emails. Yeah. Okay. So that needs to start happening. And the reason is, well, from my vantage point, the most powerful use of social media is to grow a list an email list, or we're starting to do some text messaging, SMS, and that sort of thing too. But an email list, it's so much more powerful than a social media list because Facebook plays with its algorithms. And you may think you've got a big loyal fan base that can't wait for you to post things, but what you don't realize is only 20% of them are seeing this stuff show up in their timeline. So you need to start doing some email marketing with them. Now that's easily done. You get some creative incentives in there. It's like, hey, we don't want to lose contact with you. We'd love to let you know uh, tour stops or whatever the stuff that gets people most excited. You know, we've got a free song download, our new song. You know, the cool thing about what they could do is like if they're just hanging out at their house and they're thinking through, almost like some of the best podcasts Mm -hmm. do this, Raul. They have like just very impromptu sessions where they just record what's happening in the room. And if they're like working on a new song or trying to work through, figure out a song that they're putting together, just record that and say, hey guys, we'd love to email you the MP3. Just, you know, here's the page. We'll send it to you, man. This is just us goofing off in the studio the other day. This is what it's like behind the scenes, right? Right, right. There's a hundred ideas like that that you guys could come up with and say, hey, get on our email list. That's where we want to send you. And it's all about free. It's give, 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 give. And then the step between giving and actually selling something is survey. Oh my goodness, you've got to be able to survey your list because they will tell you, we've kind of put the cart before the horse a little bit here. You guys have taken a stab and your instincts are probably pretty decent that the best product for this audience is some kind of cosmetic thing. But you know what percentage of their audience is guys? Probably about half, right? Probably, yeah. So yeah. instantly your product line, the first shot you've taken out of the gate was something that half your audience could care less about, right? So the beauty of creating this email list, and you can do this on social media too. You give, 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 but then you run a survey. Have you used SurveyMonkey before? I have, yeah. Okay. In that survey, you ask great open-ended questions and you get them, and it's not about selling. We're not to the selling part yet, but you say things like one of your questions might be, and this is just me off the top of my head. We could shape it, clean it up a little bit more, but this is, you know, this is a decent question. It's if we began and your instincts were pretty good on this earlier. You said, if we began supporting great causes that we believe in with, by selling products, would you be interested in what type of products might you be willing to purchase? A nice open-ended question. 5% of your audience, and here's where you can start to see the statistics play out, and I won't be wrong here. 5 to 10% of your audience are the ones that are going to go, are you kidding me? Money and the gospel should never meet. That's outrageous. Blah, blah, blah. Throw those away. That's fine. We're not going to try to sell to those people. 
You're going to get a lot of really great creative ideas, though, and you're going to be able to support some really awesome causes. And that's what you can take back to them and say, hey, look, we've got 370 people that said, I don't know, T-shirts or signed autographed, you know, T-shirts and, you know, whatever else. You know, those are the people that you're going to get your great ideas from. And I don't even want to guess what they might come up with or what causes they think. You can even ask them, hey, what causes would, do you believe in? Tell us what causes you think are important and special to you. And then the responses you pay the most attention to when you run that survey are the people who just go on and on and on, like they write four paragraphs. Those are the center of the bullseye, your mega fans, the people that would fly anywhere in the world to see them and are all in on the idea of marketing combined with ministry. And let me just drop you, did we talk about this when we were in LA, the word for grace and the word for marketplace in Hebrew? Yeah, yeah. I did hear that. How those have overlapping meanings? Yeah. I mean, you know, this is something that your client needs to understand that God gave us transactions in order to build relationships. And when money exchanges hands, no one loses in a transaction. There's two winners. Every transaction is two winners. So this is how we kind of bring them around because I think they've kind of got a negative feeling now like, oh, money and ministry can't go together. No, that's so wrong. The most powerful ministries are fueled by money. The word for money and the word for blood are the same in Hebrew. We need that life source to have effective ministries. And if people want to buy something that they value and in exchange that fuels your ministry and your mission, that's a beautiful thing. And for those 5% of the people that are offended by that, that's okay. We'll just keep giving them free music and they can come to our concerts and all that. That's great. But for the rest of us that don't have a problem spending money on things we love and supporting causes we love, we need to be able to have something for them. So you get your surveys, you get these people who give you these responses, you make them, you bring them in and you say, okay, hey, we really liked your idea. That ministry and that concept that you brought to us, that product. Now we're still going to get to the cosmetics. I love it. That's going to get put in the mix at the point that it makes the most sense. You've put a lot of work into it. We're not going to abandon that. And you very well may have some people in your audience already that are saying things like, hey, you know, what happened to that cosmetic thing? I mean, it popped up and then went away. I was wanting to use it. I used it once and I can't find it now. What's going on? You know, those people will be there too. Yeah. You get them involved. So no longer is it your musician saying, hey, come buy my beauty line. It's the people who use it in the audience saying great things about it. You recruit them, yeah. right? So now you've got their testimonials and their stories. And there's nothing that sells more powerfully than a testimony and story of an actual user. And you've got some creative ideas to work with. The most powerful asset you guys have right now is that audience that you can tap into. So I'm not even going to try to predict what they might do or come up with, but it costs you nothing to do this. So you need to be growing an email list, finding creative ways to get people into that list based on the social media momentum they have. And the reason an email list is so powerful, and here's where we start to solve the cosmetic issue, okay? The cosmetics, you're selling 500 a month, you said, let's get that up to 50,000 a month, and here's how you do it. It's not by selling more of the product to the audience they already have. That is a difficult path. The way you sell a lot of that cosmetics is you get your mailing list and you identify those people who don't mind being marketed to in your list. We've got to segment them out. That's what the survey will do. Could, because as part of this survey, when you say, hey, we've actually, one of the questions will be, we've got a cosmetic line. It's called X, Y, and Z. Here's the details about it. We'd love to add you to the mailing list. If you're interested, you know, here's the link. So this, it's a survey, but it's very subtly saying, hey, if this is something you're interested in, get on a mailing list. So you get all those people, apologize for the dogs. You get all those people onto a list and then you run a promo to that list and say, hey guys, you indicated you were interested. This product is going to be $70 
next month. Right now we're running a special. It's 40. We'd love you to try it out. Let us know what you think. Give us your feedback. What you're really doing is you're spiking that product on the Amazon ranks, ranking charts. Right. So now you've got the massive Amazon audience, people you've never met who could care less who your client is or what kind of music they make. All they know is, man, this product line just spiked. It's one of the best-selling products on Amazon. I'm looking for a face cream, and there it is. I'll give it a shot because nothing affects your rank on Amazon more than making sales. That's the power of that email list is the power to spike that rank anytime you want to. You follow? Yeah, yeah. And that's actually what I was hoping would happen when we, I mean, way back before I realized we're going to run into these problems, I kind of told them, I says, you know, if we can get three, four, five days of solid sales through your audience, then Amazon will do the rest, you know, but. (laughs) Yes, yes. But they had to pull the plug on it because it wasn't targeted. It was not. You're correct. I didn't see that. See, people come to me all the time and go, oh, wow, dude, you've got a 200,000 person mailing list, man. You could make a killing if you just promote my network marketing offer, right? Mm -hmm. Like, no, I can't do it. Like, what? Why not? It's a great product. I'm like, I agree. It's a great product. It's a great program. That's a decent program. I agree. Why not? Why won't you do it? Because that is not what they signed up for. They signed up for information on how to use the internet creatively to grow their business with a specific emphasis on selling physical products on Amazon and somewhat on eBay. You know, that's a lot of my audience. Now, I've got some other segments that we could hit. I've got a lot of people interested in self-publishing books. I've got a lot of people interested on smaller lists here and there and a lot of things when you add it all up. But if I'm to send out a big mailing to my whole list, it better hit them right in the bullseye. If it's even a few inches outside of that circle, I get pushback big time, right? Like if I try to send out a health and nutrition blast, I'll people unsubscribe. Here's a lesson, Raul. When my grandparents, I lost my grandfather and then my grandmother died a few years later and I wrote a little article about you know how meaningful they had been in my life and how great a people they were and how they'd impacted and influenced me. And I made that a newsletter article. I got more spam complaints out of that than any what? than anything I'd ever done. I was like, what kind of heartless people are out there? But what you have to remember is that's not what they signed up for. They're great people. The people who called me a spammer, they didn't sign up to learn in my newsletter life lessons that I picked up from my grandparents from their long loving marriage. You know, if they want marriage advice, they'll go to a marriage advice podcast or marriage advice counselor. That's not what they expect of me. Now, my podcast is positioned slightly differently. It, I unapologetically say I'm. It's worldview mixed in with business teaching. And so that's from day one what it is. And if I try to shift and make it about you know how to have a better lawn at some point, I'm going to lose a lot of listeners. And what you guys did, I wouldn't blame the audience. What you guys did is you went from being all about, you know, hey, behind the scenes, Christian musician, artists, our songs, our concerts, our tours to, hey, buy some makeup. I can't blame them for kind of throwing up the red flags a little bit. Do I support the mentality behind that? No, yeah. but I can't blame them. So you need to give them the opportunity to segment. And these are all things that you can do behind the scenes, very friendly, posts, you know, that power of short video. These guys, these musicians, oh, dude, love it. Never heard of them. Love the name. (laughs) But they need to be carrying like a cell phone with them and say, I need 30 second videos out of you. I need five to 10 a week. 30 seconds, maybe under a minute. And you saw some of the stuff that Brett's doing with those because you're out in LA. Yeah. Proven audience formula stuff, right? Yeah. Just have them send you clips. I, you need five, and you post those. And you can have a call to action. Hey, get on our mailing list. 
you know, if you want behind the scenes audio and clips like this and you don't want to miss them, you know, people will sign up for that. You've got the celebrity effect. Have you been through the PPP module inside the Proven Amazon course? Which one is that? That's Dan Hollings put that together for us. Oh, no, I haven't been through that one, but I heard Dan speak. I think I do have one of his products. I met him at an event in Vegas, so I do know how he teaches. Okay. You know the basic premise. One of the things that we teach in that course, the PPP module, that's how to partner up with someone else who has a product and help them sell a bunch of it. Perfect person to work with is someone who has the stuff you have. They've got a personality that's strong with an audience that follows them. They've got a product that's not selling very well. And they've got an email list or a big social media following that you can turn into an email list. So you got this strong personality who's well-known. They've got a social media or an email list. They got their product. Perfect, easy home run. It's just a matter of putting the steps in. Um, and you guys just put things a little out of order is the reason it didn't work. But there's no high risk. I mean, our, let's do some more surveys. Let's do some more simple videos. And let's start growing an email list because it is far more powerful than a social media following. We can hit them between the eyes with some very specific info that way. And we can do surveys and send them off. The problem you have with doing a survey right on Facebook is people are going to have their commentary right there and their name and their face. And they're going to be, get defensive and like, why are you asking us that? And I don't appreciate that question. And, you know, you guys trying to sell something again? You know, you don't want to get that debate going right on Facebook. You want to get an email list, get people where you can hit them with a survey over email or, you know, post the link on Facebook, but turn off comments. Maybe. Okay. You, know, you don't want people commenting there on your survey monkey survey. You want them commenting in private. And that allows you, because no one's going to leave four paragraphs on Facebook, but people will jump into SurveyMonkey and leave you those three or four paragraph responses. And those are, you've got some leaders in this audience that you need to tap into. Yeah, yeah. And they'll have great ideas. Because if it's no longer just Raul saying, hey, I think we should, we should sell this or that, but it's a few hundred respondents excited and eager to get behind the causes that they believe in and saying, oh, I think it would be great if your ministry married, you know, this ministry over here and we did some powerful things. I actually know the people for Billy Graham Crusades, you know, you know, we need to, they promoted this. I think it's a perfect fit. You know, you're going to have that kind of stuff just fall in your lap. And that is what's going to get your artists excited again about, okay, let's go in this direction. That's my theory. Let's get the audience on your side and take that to them. Yeah, I've learned so much since then, you know, but I think you're bringing it all home. As you're talking, I'm thinking there, I think they're in New York this weekend and my wife's going to fly out there with them for this weekend's performance. So I'm going to talk to them and talk to her and I'm going to see if my wife can just with her cell phone shoot like five beauty tips or something and from her and then use that to try to capture their emails. Just say, hey, I want to do a little five-part series on on how to, you know, I don't know, some kind of beauty. And just and then if you're interested, I'm going to send it to you for free. Just uh, sign up here and give us your email as to try to capture an email list. I don't know if that's if that'd be good. Yes. Here's the thing. You said that she's approached all the time. Like, wow, how do you keep your skin so beautiful? Yeah. Well, you don't mention the products. No, right. There's right. no need. Just like we learned with Brett, you know, proven audience for formula stuff that we learned in LA. That's, you know, that'll be a course eventually, but the product is almost secondary. It's her just talking through, you know, sitting in front of a mirror, maybe doing a little of her own makeup or whatever. And she's like, you know, your water intake is super important. Your diet actually matters, guys. There's no cosmetic that can replace that. And, you know, and yeah, I've got my line of products and I love them, but man, it's so many of the things you do throughout the day that affects beauty and a 30, 45 second thing, you know, the products aren't mentioned or pushed in any way. And it's like, Hey, if you want more tips, ladies about, you know, 
how I prepare for the stage, you know, that's, I'm so flattered, but you make it, Hey, one of our listeners asked is the whole premise. It's like, Hey, one of our listeners actually asked, and maybe you mentioned the name of someone who actually asked. It's like, Hey, Linda from Los Angeles sent us a message last week. And I'm so flattered. She's like, Hey, how do you keep your skin? Like, you know, since you asked, you know, here's the things I'm doing and her products are sitting there in the shot but you don't have to mention them and just let the conversation flow and see what happens. But if she's making a handful of those videos and don't put, you know, you don't want to do the cheesy product placement in every video, but it is a part of their life. Just like which guitar they use, which I know guitar pedals because I got a buddy in the business, like what guitar pedals they're using, what keyboard they use, you know, behind the scene with a sound guy, you know, like, hey, what's the most frustrating thing about working with these guys? You know, go to the sound guy. He's like, oh man, here's something you guys don't know. You know, those kind of videos, you just need a bunch of those. And the call to action in any of them and all of them could be, hey, get on our mailing list if you aren't yet. This is the kind of stuff we we want to send you guys just to stay in better contact because social media doesn't always capture. Sometimes you miss. You're in a lot of Facebook groups. You're following a lot of things on Facebook. But an email, man, it's going to go straight to your inbox. Yeah. So get on our mailing list. And that's the call to action on the videos. That's the default call to action when you don't know what other call to action to put on a short video. And then eventually maybe even text SMS messaging. Although in Central America, I'm not sure how that works, you know, what the details are, but you can always transition to that later. But I say uh, grow your email list, man, because you can transition that in any direction you want. That's your number one asset. That's the only thing you guys lack. Yeah, for sure. I got it. I got it. Wow. Yeah, I I can run with that. I mean, uh, I think if anything I take away from this is uh, I've got to get on their case about growing an email list, which is their ultimate asset. So doing this, this will kill two birds with one stone. It'll help us uh, build an email list for them as an asset. And then secondly, it'll help us find the right you know, layer of audience in in their audience that would appreciate the beauty products and help us through the surveys discover you know possible new products that they that would resonate with them. You know, beautiful summary. You nailed it, man. Totally nailed it. Cool, cool. Thank you. Well, I'm going to work with that. One other thing I want, and this is more of a share than anything else, Jim. I, I started to tell you a little bit about this when we were, we were out there at Brett's. So I I told you a little bit about my son. So. My son, and uh, I'll try not to get too emotional, but, um, you know, we, we, we struggled with him a little bit. I don't know. He just rubs people the wrong way. Ever since he was little, he can just, he has that thing. I'm trying to think of the word, which is, I grew up doing the same thing without realizing. But anyway, when he was little, uh, I sent him to a pre-K and he did pre-K and in kindergarten. And even in kindergarten, he got uh, uh, suspended because he was uh, chasing a little boy with a plastic fork. I remember they called me and said, hey, uh, you need, we, we need to pick up your son because he's chasing a little boy with a plastic fork and i said oh you suspended him for that he says no we suspended him because he caught the little boy i'm like oh no right but luckily it broke nothing happened Hey, Jim here. Sorry to interrupt the flow of that conversation, but real quick, I cut out about five or six minutes here where Raul and I talked about his son and some of the struggles they've had. Nothing that really adds to the podcast. It's kind of personal stuff, right? So we chopped it out, but let's jump right back into the story now at the good part. You're going to love this. There's a great Christian school that people keep telling us about. Let's just go check it out. And she's like, Raul, it's too expensive. We can't afford it at Lionel. You know what? Let's just check it out. So we went for the open house and we heard them. And, and by the end of the open house, my wife was crying and, and she's like, we have a problem. She's like, this is the right school for our son. But how? 
how do we afford it? I said, you think that's the problem? I said, the problem is how can we send our son and not send the three other kids that we have? It's almost almost unfair because it's such a great school. But we put in our application. They came back with financial aid. And that's when my Amazon business started taking off. It was like perfect timing. It started taking off. Oh, that's great. And all of a sudden, my Amazon business could pay for my kid's school. Oh, that's and beautiful. And all of a sudden, my Amazon business could pay for all four of my kid's school, right? And a year into this, okay, a year into this, for 9-11, the uh, second year there for 9-11, they asked him, they were going to do a special celebration outside in lawn if, if he could do the prayer for the celebration 9-11, right? Which was great. And the Channel 7 ABC News came for it. It was such a big deal. They did this big thing. (laughs) That's great. And my son goes up there and he had he had written his own prayer and he had practiced and he stood there at that altar, that makeshift altar that out there. And he spoke with such passion and conviction that my jaw dropped because this was a broken kid. And all of a sudden, he's not broken anymore. And he's a mighty man of valor. Oh, that's fantastic. And then afterward, students and teachers and people coming up to me to congratulate, saying how impressive it was and how great it was. And at that moment, I was so touched because God had brought us such a long way. You know, and so I'm grateful for the Amazon business that allowed me to do this. That's incredible. So when you, I'm sorry, give me a second. (laughs) Oh, Raul, take your time, man. This is beautiful, dude. So when you teach on this and you invest in people's lives like you do, Jim, there's a lot of stories out there that people who teach this never hear or never know. Um, But I just, you know, I bless your life for doing it. And uh, I know that today you don't know all the lives and the ways you touch because of, you know, the the things you teach. But one day you will. And uh, I just wanted to add the part where you come into this story. And I I started to tell you this a little bit. But uh, so this year, Thanksgiving break came and I'm like, son, I don't want you sitting on the computer all day playing games. I want you to be productive this week. He's like, what do you want me to do? I said, you know what? I know they have this video series on how to write a children's book that's in that's it's one of your uh courses jim i forgot what it yeah was. yeah right a proven children's uh book course i can't remember the exact name of it right now i know what you're talking about yeah something like and so i said let me pull it up and i says i want you to i don't i'm not gonna do anything i says you're gonna watch the videos and i just want you to do what they say don't try to go outside the lines don't try to get creative just do what they say he's 16 so i let him at it and then he did the research like they said he did everything like they said then he came up and he showed me this little kid story and i yes i'm partial i was blown away how good it was (laughs) i showed it to my wife we were blown away so i edited it a little bit and then i showed it to a friend who was a recording artist he's like hey you want to record the audio i said i would love to record the audio so we took him over to his home studio and he read the book and then my friend added some music to it then i had another friend who does video production he's like i was thinking i need to put this on youtube he's like you want me to help you with the video now he charged me a little this guy charged me a little bit but sure he uh he's uh, a pro yeah he's a pro pros always charge a little bit right and and he created this video and it is just i mean considering this all started with son i don't want you to sit on your butt all thanksgiving let's make you productive i says i don't care if you never sell a single book but i want you to know what it is to create something and to mark that's awesome to give them the skills so one thing i'm going to do right here just when you have a second is uh i haven't uh that's a youtube link the video's not finished but i haven't done anything with it it's in private because I have a lot of work to do on it, but I just want you to see what went from, I don't want you to sit on your butt all week. I want you to be productive. Oh, that's so great. To a few months later, 
because of this course that you put out. He's got his book. He's got his book. Man, how are sales going for him? Just curious. Well, I haven't I haven't launched it yet. That's the thing. I haven't launched it yet. Oh, it's going to be on Amazon though. You're going to use Create Space and get it out there on Amazon. Yeah, I, I sure am. I'm going to put it up uh, just like the course does. We're going to put it on on Kindle and we're going to do a oh. Create Space so we can get a. What's the topic? I think you may have mentioned it to me. I did in L.A. briefly, but I can't remember. I can't, I don't recall the topic. Uh, doing your homework. You know how kids don't want to do the homework. Ah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the book is called, but I'm going to miss the very best part. And basically the premise is, you know, he wants to play as soon as he gets home, but no, you got to do your homework. Yeah, but I'm already started doing this. I'm going to miss this out. And at the end, something, he decides to do his homework first and something happens that day that's extra special and he didn't get to miss it because he actually yeah. had done his homework. First. Yeah. Diligence, a basic, great message. Let me just, I've got two thoughts, Raul. Yeah. Two thoughts. First, at the beginning of this call, I said I'm making a recording just for you, but I'm going to ask a favor of you that I'm allowed to share this. And in doing it, I think we're going to sell a bunch of that book. And I would like to, it's just so genuine and raw and we can edit it up if there's parts of it you don't want made public. But man, the story is just so profound and powerful and it's everything that I love representing. And just to commend you as a father. The other thing I was going to say is, man, we're all homeschool parents. And you just illustrated that. You may not think you are, but we all are. Yeah. We have a responsibility as a mom and a dad. We're all homeschool parents. Some of us just put our kids on a bus or send them to a different building for a few hours a day as part of our educational responsibility for our kids. And that's great. Send them to a good school. That's great. That's part yeah. of it. But ultimately, we're responsible, biblically and morally, for the education of our kids. So I commend you on taking responsibility for that. You've done a phenomenal job with this young man. He's going to do incredible things. But I would love to have a tiny role in his story. So when he's a 45-year-old man on stage in front of big crowds, he can point back and say, yeah, then my dad met this gym guy. I don't remember his name, but he helped me sell my first book. And now he's a best-selling famous author, right? Because those are the kind of kids, the kid you just described to me without meeting him, those are the kind of kids that end up shaping cultures. They don't fit in the box that our culture tries to put them in. They're bored with the box, right? That's the kid you just described to me. Yeah. We had our oldest kid often was accused of having a zest for life. And I was like, that's the kind way to put it. Yeah, I get it. He won't sit in his chair, right? We get it. We get it. You know, but that's what we, I love to see that. God doesn't make bricks. God loves stones. When, when God had the Israelites build altars to him, he used stones, Right? He rejected the Tower of Babel and its brick like structure. People are not bricks conforming to the exact same shape and oh, falling gosh. in line with the exact same thoughts and the exact same behaviors and sitting in nice, neat rows all day, staring forward with your hands in your lap, pencil ready for whatever the teacher says. You know, there's some value there, but there's a lot of destruction there too to your psyche. I had to unlearn a lot of things coming from that environment because I was that kid. I was staring out the window. I would get A's on the test and stare out the window, so wanting to be out outside climbing that tree rather than listening to this stuff that I already knew because I'd read it in a book myself months ago, right? I was that kid. So I get it. But with your permission, I would love to do as much of that as possible. But the main thing is I just want to commend you, man, that was just awesome. <laughs> that was oh, awesome. Man. But whatever your decision is, man, you can give it some thought, take your time or, you know, whatever you're thinking, or we can edit this thing up however you'd like. But I just think this is a message that needs to be heard by a lot of people. And I would love to support your son. And, and once his book is on Amazon, take your time. We'll throw this out there and let people enjoy it. You know, if his story can inspire and help, I'm all for it because there were dark times where I would have loved to have heard stories and given me hope that, you know, my kid's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, not only is he going to be okay, not only is he going to be okay, yeah. 
<laughs> well, I, you know, the kids I'm nervous for are the ones sit in nice, neat rows all day and take whatever is said from the front of the room as gospel and think that their ability to memorize that is setting them up for a life well lived. Yeah. Now that, my friend, is dangerous. Yeah. I hear <laughs> that you. Is, that's setting you up for your highest possible aspiration is a very average life. I would much rather work with a kid like your son. It's like, you know what? I don't fit in any of these boxes you guys are trying to put me in. And I'm going to get up on stage and blow everyone away at some point. And I'm going to write a book when I'm 16. And then it's going to be selling like crazy. And people are going to ask me, how'd you do that? And it's about relationships and not refusing to fit in the box. And I think that's very much a biblical message. Again, I go back to the, the stones and the bricks, man. God does not want bricks. He has no use for them. He wants stones. We're unique. We're individual. We, you know, we hear from God and we follow this path and it's very weird to everybody but us and God until it all makes sense one day. I mean, the number of people I had tell me that I should be a pastor somewhere. I mean, I had family, friends, trusted advisors, mentors, everybody's like, dude, you got this gift for ministry. You should be a pastor. I'm like, that's not what God wants me to do. I think I'm supposed to be in the ministry and I call my business my ministry, but I'm not a pastor by any stretch. I couldn't do it. I've got, but, but you look at the influence that we have now. It's global. I'm interacting with people of all worldviews and all faiths and having great friendships and relationships with them. I mean, pastors are envious of the position that I find myself in because I have a business and it's international. You know, that's where you wind up when you pay attention to that calling that you have in your heart, which is what your son's doing. That's all he's doing. And sure, he chased someone with a fork one time. You know, who didn't? You know, I mean, come on. We were all boys at some point. All of us dudes were boys. And we had those thoughts run through our head and we had to either like, yeah, not act on them or sometimes we just did, man. We did stupid stuff. But it's a maturity issue. And he's maturing, and, and he's going to do incredible things. He's going to amaze all of us. What's your son? What's his name? Raul Jr. Raul Jr. I won't forget that one, man. <laughs> yeah, he's thriving now. I'm just so proud of him. And That's uh, so great. So, you know, what, what? I'm here to serve you to you, Jim. You know, I'm so grateful to you. Whatever you think you, you can do with this audio, you have my full permission, my full trust to shape it, edit it, to whatever thing you think is going to serve your audience best. So I would propose, if you're okay with it, I mean, you can listen to the replay before we do it. I just want to pull the trigger and post this out there when you say go. When your son's book is ready, we'll post it, post a link to his book, and post a link maybe to the uh, the kid's book course, because I can't remember what it is right now. We'll put it, you know, put it in the notes next to it and, and uh, just run with it, man. That's what I propose. That sounds absolutely cool. I sent you the YouTube video, about two and a yeah. half minutes so you can see it. Sure. And I will try to have it up and because I'd love to run with it. I'm going to try to have it up and ready for Kindle, hopefully by next week. Cause, yeah, uh, no hurry. Next week we leave to China. I'm going to look at some products. I have a bunch of products that I just sent in using the PPI that I'm testing. And I already had a trip planned to China. So I'm going to meet some of my uh, some of the people that I work with over there. So I'm going to but I'm going to try to do this before I go. And, and but, OK, but no rush, man. This story is evergreen. I, we could post this three years from now and it'll touch people's hearts. Oh. So, you know, no rush on any of this, man, but we'll make it happen. Thank you so much, Jim. Man, this was so cool. I need to do more of this sort of thing. <laughs> this was awesome. <laughs> Uh, people are going to love this. All right, man. Well, hey, you've inspired me, and I hope you got some good advice and info from this as well. But this was time well spent, man. And you and Raul Jr. and your whole family, you'll be in my prayers, and I'd, I'd covet yours as well, my friend. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I tried to warn you that was a good one, right? Man, don't you just love Raul? Can't you just envision their family and how awesome it is to have gone from where they were to where they are now and how this home business concept has transfigured their family and their son's future even? 
Man, I love it. Hey, the book course we're talking about, by the way, I finally went and looked it up, childrensbookcourse.com. That's pretty simple, right? I should have been able to remember that. That's the course that Raul had his son go through, and we'll put it in the show notes, of course. But thank you for joining us for this episode of the podcast. This is why I do what I do. I love seeing families come together under the same roof, be able to grow together, prosper together, impact the world, impact our culture together, man. This is why we do business. It ultimately is all about relationships. And the most important relationships in your life are the people under the roof where you live, your family. That's why I do what I do. I hope that's why you do what you do. Man, aren't we blessed. Well, this was a really fun episode for me. I hope you got something great out of it, and I'll do this from time to time. Let me know what you thought. Send me your feedback. Please go to silentgym.com. Click on the podcast link there. Jump down on that page. You can leave us your feedback. We'd love to hear. Do you want me to do more of this kind of thing? I'm on coaching calls all the time. I can record them and get permission if you liked this. Hey, if you didn't like it, you thought it was too long, we love complaints too because we're constantly shaping this. This isn't my podcast. This is your podcast. I want it to be useful and powerful for you. So let me know what you thought. Hey, this is Jim signing off Silent Sales Machine Radio. I love doing this. Can't wait to do it again. See you next time. 